Hello all and welcome to the 85th edition of On The Ball, the Norwegian podcast that didn't bother asking trick or treat. I'm Michael Bailey, I cover the Canaries for the Athletic, and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, Payne and the Rafinha awaiting the mutiny, and not now, Brentford. Uh, we will work through all that and more with our guests this fine evening. They are, look at that for timing, Norwich number one chief NCFC numbers, otherwise known as our very own Steve Sanders. Good evening, Michael. How are you? Very good. Thank you very much. We also have Canary songsmith John Rogers. Hello, Michael. How are you? Thank you. He's clapping himself. Always appreciated. Sorry, I was clapping other people. <laughs> and other people as well. Steve's joining it. It's carnage already. Uh, and uh, may I also welcome City fan and budding journalist Anna Say. Hello. There we all are. Everyone's, in situ. Everyone's applauding. Um, we've not had enough clapping. Maybe that's the problem. We've been a, it's been a, a football world short of, of clapping. So I'm glad that we've managed to bring some in uh, before we no doubt jeer and boo by the end of the of the podcast. Uh, how are we all doing, Steve? How are you? I'm okay, thank you, Michael. I sound I'm sounding slightly hoarse uh, today. Um, mainly, well, I think it's not feeling hundred percent, but also overly cheering the goal yesterday has done my voice which of course was pointless because we didn't even win so um yeah but i'm i'm going for like i'm going for the hard man of the pod um vibe with my with my you know deep voice obviously i'll have to wrestle that that title from uh, from john but um you know well, i don't think it sounds any different to be honest steve that's not a normal no. voice no i'm apologizing you're picking well, up your your whiteness but you've got nothing going on damn it okay well I, I won't be able to do that that falsetto section that we normally have in the pod oh, this right. week anyway unfortunately so yeah. not this week um, back next week um well rest rest your throat um, I'll try. You know, nothing of note really to require it until um, <laughs> once this pod is done. So that's exciting. Obviously, I'm sure people will be delighted that they don't have to hear me as much. Although, who knows? I might just talk myself hoarse anyway. Well, as someone tweeted me earlier today, the horse has bolted, which was, of course, a farkism. Nice um, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> uh, John, how are you? Looking well. I'm okay, mate. How are you? No one, no one, no one asked how you are. Have you noticed they always like bang on about themselves, about their voice, about how croaky they are. But no one ever asked about you. John, like, how are you? I don't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, it was. Steve, uh, it was live. We're just play. Yeah. So it was a long weekend, but I'm very well. Thank you very much. Good. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's. Uh, you know, watch, watching the. You know, the next nine months of your career, sort of uh, staring back at you as. as um, as quite what it could be from here. Uh, you know, who knows what we're going to get? Yeah, I'm not asking for sympathy. <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, Anna, thanks for joining us this evening. Um, it is a lovely top. What What is on it? Minnie Mouse. Minnie Mouse. Mm. I, I, I wouldn't have said that from where I was. So that's exciting. It's good to know. Uh, are you well? I'm all right. I'm all, honestly, I'm surprised I don't have a cold after standing in the rain for several hours selling programs, only to then watch that. <laughs> 
yeah, there's no consolation in the program selling at that point, I suppose. But thank you for providing a service to uh, to the supporters uh, for for some of whom it may have been their highlight of the of the day. So let's not I'll let's try. not belittle it. Um, okay, well, I tell you what, um, let's crack on, shall we, with uh, this week's headline act? A quick warning: I haven't reduced the volume on this, so just turn down your volume slightly before I play this sting. Now for headline act. <laughs> Maybe I'll celebrate Norwich's first win by reducing the volume on that sting. So uh, apologies. Although if you're listening to it on uh, in your on your audio player, I probably have sorted that one bit in the in the edit. Although uh, John's just had a small power cut, which is exciting. I don't know what's going on there, but um, that doesn't really translate into audio either. Um, I, I'm trying to put it off, but I can't. Uh, Norwich have now uh, lost eight of their ten Premier League games this season. Um, they lost to Leeds, having. I mean, we all did a sterling effort, didn't we, last week, Steve, trying very hard to talk up a victory. Um, mm. I, I don't feel like we've struggled for positivity. You know, we, we, we've not given up on anyone. Um, we did our best. Have you given up on them yet? <laughs> or now, I should say. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've given up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where we go from here. What do we say? I mean, um, I think we, we did say last week something like if we go back to to one o'clock instead of two o'clock um we did say last week i think that some you know quite often a bad team on paper results in a good performance but this is the classic bad team bad performance you know i looked at that side and i kind of thought really sure what the formation is or what the system that we're playing um 10 15 minutes in i was still none the wiser really um i think i talked to ben mantra about it last night and he said that I think we were maybe three at the back in possession and four at the back out of possession, or maybe it was the other way around. Um, I still haven't really worked it out. Um, but yeah, I think the first half, to be fair, was okay. I think it was two not great sides uh, going at each other and reasonably even without us actually creating anything particularly noteworthy. Um, and the second half was a shambles and it was completely disorganised. And I think... The most damning thing for Farker that we can say is that the identity, you know, what happened to that team? Even when we were losing two years ago, that team that used to play through midfield used to take sides on. And OK, we'd, we'd get beaten and it was painful sometimes to see us concede as many goals as we did because we were naive. But at least we had a plan. At least we had an identity. And in that second half, um, you know, 63% pass completion oh, that's just a number obviously but that that's so low even for a for a, an average Premier League team let alone one that purports to to try and keep the ball and to try and play attractive football um and you know I know that you don't want us to keep talking about the manager every week but I think I think we're going to and that for me was the turning point on uh yesterday I was I was kind of on the fence um but I I think I'm in unfortunately I I I think I'm in the far, Farker out camp. I don't know where we go from here. I mean, uh, to, to clarify, I certainly don't want us not to talk about it because I think it would be futile not to talk about it. Um, it what the second? The, I think Steve's right to bring up the second half, John, because I mean, I think it. And I said it at the time, it's inexplicable really to concede a second goal immediately having equalised. I think in that scenario, you have to be so bright, and Norwich just were dense. Um, but the the complete loss of 
or any any kind of shape or direction or belief um it just sort of all sort of vomited out onto the pitch in those final sort of 20 minutes didn't it really john and we all just all sort of they're watching it I don't know how you're both criticising the second half. That's the that's the half we scored the October goal. How can you how can you bring that down? It was a moment. Um, see, I'm when 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 a manager gets to a point where you think he needs to move on, and I'm not quite there yet. I'm I'm really close, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm I'm like just looking over the edge into the abyss at the moment. I think it's normally one of like anger. You want him out. You like there's a kind of like a, a real negativity in, in 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 the crowd and on the on social media. So I'm just really a bit sad about it all because it's been so good for so long, and then suddenly we obviously had to try something different in this in this Premier League era. Because the first time we went up, we obviously after the lockdown for half of the season, it all went wrong and it was it was rubbish then. And they've tried something different, which is kind of seen to like chip the ball into the channels or, and win the second balls and like flood towards the second ball. And we kind of did that a little bit in the first half and it kind of worked, but it just, it's not what we wanted. It's not what we like. It's not what we've fallen in love with Farker over. And now that's gone. What's left is a manager who's just losing a lot of games and not scoring a lot of goals and conceding a lot of games. And it's, it's just, it's crushingly sad. That's what it is at the moment for me. And I don't want to kind of like be one of these like get Farker out, out like that sort of like negativity because I don't think he deserves that. But uh, when when there was that kind of like, rumor in 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 the press about 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 about, about two or three weeks ago about Wolfsburg was going to possibly come in, and I just thought that would have been the most perfectly nice ending to it all. I, I would have most people would want that, but now obviously it wasn't real, and it just feels a bit sad. The football that we're seeing is not what Daniel Farker made his name in. And it's just, it's just sad at the moment. I don't know what else to say about it. It is very sad. I think that's a, that's a, that's a really fine word from it. And, and the thing about Daniel Farker from the very start has always been the goodwill that he has held through so much of the fan base, so much of it, probably maybe even that extended to Saturday, to Sunday, you know, because thinking about it retrospectively, and, and it sort of struck me after the occasion, even at full time after that, no one, no one bade for anything. No one really, yeah, and a lot of people say, oh, it's because the fan base are this, that, and the other, which is, you know, a lazy comparison because not all of them are. But I, I think, I don't think anyone really wants to sit there going, oh, Daniel, please just go. No one wants to chant that. No one wants to pick that out necessarily. Um, but Anna, is the reality just the reality? I mean, I guess we, we have like the situation and then it's how you deal with it and whether you just let it, you know, go on in the hope something will change or don't. I mean, where where are we? What what happens? Well, I, I obviously can't speak for everybody, but personally, for me, all I want from him is just a bit more fight. I mean, I mentioned it after the match that you know you've got a problem when the goalkeeper coach is more animated, he's shouting more, and he's trying to get the team going more than the actual manager is. I mean, I love Edwin, but I'd love to see that passion from the manager and. It's. I always go to his post-match press conference and his interviews because they're absolutely baffling at times because it feels like we're watching different matches. And I, I do have notes and I've written down some quotes from the interview, the one that he did with um, the Norwich. And like one of them was, 
I can't blame my lads. They put in a really good performance today. And I'm like, <laughs> but what, what did they? Can, can he not blame the lads? And it was always the plan in the home game against Leeds to go for it. I, did, I don't know if he told his players that. And also the one that I've seen a lot of people comment on is we lost against the top three. We had no chance in all three games. And I've seen a lot of people mention, well, did did Crystal Palace not think that they had a chance? Had they not thought they had a chance, would they, would they have won their match? You look at the Brighton game, they didn't write that match off. Look what happened there. And for any manager to write any match off, is not good enough. And I just want a bit more passion, a bit more fight for him to go, you know what, that wasn't good enough without adding an excuse onto the end of it. I just want him to try. He looks devoid of emotion, not like we saw when he first came here. He looks like he's given up himself and he's he's got that emotion. How on earth does he expect his players to try and put in a fight, put, um, keep going, don't give up? I thought I thought his post match post match press conferences uh, were were really interesting actually because he did seem particularly deflated to me he and I appreciate it's in the aftermath of the game but I I thought he just looked a bit broken I've never seen him do what he did at full time which was basically stand sort of about twenty yards from the touchline sort of just clap both sides and then just disappear down the tunnel I mean he hasn't done that before. And I suppose there's so much here where it's like, well, no, no manager really is going to resign or walk away. And it's like everyone, well, I, the leadership of the club clearly wants it to carry on. They want this the idea. There's loads of points still to play for. You know, we've got to look, we've got to deal with it ourselves. We've got to turn it around. But I, I'm, I'm conscious of um, what, what, what sort of expense that that comes at, really, Steve. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. It's very hard to decipher where it goes from here because of because of that situation. I mean, to be honest, the longer it goes on, the more I'm thinking, although that's probably the right thing to do in terms of changing the head coach, I look at that squad now and I'm thinking, I don't even think it's good enough to compete if you brought in a very, very good manager. I don't know. It's it's. A... Um... So you've you've put the image in my head of, of Farker like after the game, just going up and doing these. Hey, hey, trying, <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Oh, boo, oh, boo. Yeah. No one. No um, okay. <laughs> just yeah. me then. Yeah. They were um, lovely, lovely moments. Those moments, though, weren't they? yeah, weren't they? Um, I'm not sure. I agree, Michael. I think good. I think good. The play- I think the players are there. I like and part there's a there's part of me which is thinking, uh, can we at least get to see. A manager like okay, I've honestly, you know, I know we've got to do a few more of these. I'm not expecting a step. I've, I've, you know, I, I think we're so far adrift of where we need to be. Um, we're, we're not, we're not even really competing with the teams around us, let alone, let alone the teams at the top of the league. So let's, let's just park that theory of even being able to get a manager in who can keep. So I know that sounds defeatist, but that's genuinely, genuinely where my mindset's at. But can we at least? get somebody who can make us enjoy the next 28 games. We've still got, we've still got 14 more games to go and see at Carrow Road. We've still got six more months of this season. I I, I can't, it, it feels soul destroying to me to think that the next 28 games are going to be like the first 10. And I can't see a way that, that they won't. And I do think we've got one season of Billy Gilmore. We've probably got one season <laughs> of Norman, um, you know, 
Christos Jolis cost us 10 million and was supposedly one of the hottest properties in Europe and looks completely lost. And look, I, I take everything that John says on board about what Fark has done. I think he's been absolutely magnificent and no Norwich City fan would disagree. 18, 19, best season of my life. And last year was fantastic as well. But his record as a Premier League manager, I, you don't even need me to, to reel off the stats. We know it ain't good. Um, and... I, I almost feel like, for all concerned, it's kind of better if you just move him on. And I, like, can anybody, can anybody give a justification? Now? I, 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 I hate to to even talk like this, but can anybody give a justification now of why he should be in the dugout on Saturday? Like, is there a good reason why he should still be here on Saturday? I mean, it's a good time probably to bring up the Stuart Weber interview from. Uh, last mm. week because you know there was a line there don't give up on this don't give up on this group now um, which is obviously everything was said before Leeds I think they were hoping for a big performance against Leeds but I mean the whole conversation didn't take place because the outcome was going to be different the other side of the weekend I think you have to be realistic about why they were doing that um, so uh, that that is obviously the, the mindset is that you you know it, there are so many jobs um, in place at Norwich that you can't just change one person but it does seem like Norwich City John are, are the only football club in the world currently operating in that manner basically the, the results the don't matter and they keep yeah. to be honest this all smacks of the fact that the results don't really matter that that is what it feels like to me that mm-hmm. actually doesn't matter because we've got a big plan and that big plan is to what's the big plan because the big right. plan before was always <laughs> to keep growing so that we eventually become an established Premier League club. But this is regression. And I, I you know, I, what's, yeah, what's the big plan? Well, well the, the issue is, as, as Stuart Webber said during his interview, which I thought was awful, personally, oh, didn't okay. like what he was saying at all. I thought the things like, don't give up on us now. It's like, well, we haven't, mate. We've... That's, that's the one thing the Norwich fans haven't done. We've put up with quite a horrific run in the Premier League again. We haven't given up. And that's the one thing. The noise uh, against uh, Brighton, I think it was, when yeah. Pookie was on that one-on-one, the noise that came from that moment, yeah. that was a point when we said we haven't given up from, from our point of view. And we were still pushing, asking for decent football. And now we've that's come it. to the point where... <sighs> It's just the whole place is just muddled. And again, I'm going to go back to the embarrassing thing I've talked previously about how it is a bit embarrassing now. And people are going, we're down before November. We are down. And it, and it, mm. it's, it, it wasn't even November before we were like, everyone's just given up. And it's kind of, it, you know, kind of contradicting myself. But that that is a point where we have kind of given up on on, on the kind of the, what the football that we, we, we've been given for over the last 10 games or so and it's just not what we were used to and it's not working but it still continues to kind of be shown I, what, what what has Josh Sargent done not too much he had a great half against <laughs> Brighton again it's just that you can go through all the, the the things that have gone wrong and recruitment's going to be one of them again everyone was absolutely wetting themselves when we made all these signings and we spent the most 11th most money in, in Europe and we've gone backwards 
And it, you, it can't sorry. everything be put onto onto Farka's shoulders. I, I think it's a collective thing again. Sorry, Michael. I just think it's again we're pushing it towards Farka, but he's the only thing we can change. Mm. I guess he's the only thing that we can change. We can't change players. We can't change Weber. I guess we can. His contracts up, obviously, but who um, Neil Adams is ready to come in. That's not much of a change in that system, but. Farka's the only one we can change, and that's why I, I guess you know that's why so many people want that to happen. I'm probably yeah. convinced my change my mind by the end of this podcast. <laughs> I just said to like, I'm like on the edge. I'm just like I'm going to throw myself off this cliff now. We might as well <laughs> I love join it. everyone well, else. Um, I mean, there was a line from Stuart Weber who's asked about his contractual situation. He said it will get sorted soon, um, and I think if you asked everyone what that generally means, they'd probably say, "Well, it probably means he's going to." sign a new contract there doesn't it because that's what you'd assume when people say that we will have to see um wasn't probably the same euphoria to that little um tease as there might have been about three months ago i got to get the impression when that came out and i suppose all of this does pose a, a question over the recruitment anna because i the one thing i do think is that you know norwich bought young players who i felt i think they felt would add value because the based on the fact that they're young and will therefore improve. Uh, but they don't seem to be ready for the Premier League players. And that that's clearly an issue when you're where you are now. And are, are any of those players ready to play in the championship next year, even though they've signed four or five-year deals? I mean, I, I'm just not convinced about it. But So yeah, I think that's a like that's the main point within the Norwich fans is those who believe that the players are good enough and those who believe that the players aren't good enough for the Premier League. I'm somebody who believes that that truly believes, which is why it's so frustrating, that those players are good enough for the Premier League. I mean, I don't believe he's playing his best players at the moment. We're seeing players left on the bench and we're desperate for them to come in and play. I mean, I know obviously... Gilmore hasn't been at his best when he has been given the chances, but I don't think that that's, I don't think he's been utilised right. And there's so many players where I'm like, you look at them individually, you look at the things they've done in the past, you look at like Quebec and how much he was loved at Liverpool, you look at Norman and the things he's done. I know it was in Russia and it's not the best football, but he still looked incredibly good. And there's so many players there where I'm like, individually, they are very, very skillful players. They are very good players. And as everybody said, they've come to Norwich, they've come to Cat Road, and they just look absolutely lost. So that tells me that they're being managed poorly. They're being coached poorly. So I don't know. Obviously, you can't. maybe that's down to Farker's staff. Obviously, he won't be doing everything. So you have to wonder what their what their part in the plan is, what they what they do on the training ground, and you just have to think that maybe he needs to just go back to what he knows and what he's done in the past, the things that we were trying to do last season, because what he's doing at the moment, I don't even think he knows what he's doing. He's changing it every single match. He's ch- he's chopping and changing the players too much. They don't know whether they're coming or going. I think he just needs to settle it down, go back to basics and do what he did well. I mean, um, just to say, so I, my, I had this conversation with my brother, actually. My brother made this point after we signed Jollis and Sargent, which was we are signing players for the future rather than for now. We're signing a 19-year-old and I'm. I, he said, I'm worried about that. And I actually, I hate to admit it because I, I contradict him at the time. I said, but that's that's the model. That's the way Norwich operate. They, sell, they buy players and they sell them on for value. It just, it looked, 
you know. If, I have to. I have to ask about. I've got to ask about Sergeant though, because yeah, I get that he probably was one for the future. But normally we look at players who already have a good record, mm. and we're buying them for the, then buying them to develop even further. I didn't realise just how bad Sergeant's goal scoring record was. I know he wasn't in the best team, but even so, he's come here. He's missing certain opportunities that I don't want to go into again. And I just think, why did we get him? What could they have possibly seen which made us think he's the one for the future? I think one th- one thing I'd like to throw in is that I've already seen some people say, well, you know, can't blame Daniel Farker for the recruitment. But I think Daniel certainly would have approved everything that's come in. Um, and some of them were most definitely you know his his signings and and he he happily um you know saw the players come in so there's definitely that um and it's then obviously up to him to get a tune out of them if he can or can't but uh yeah i, I suppose the only other point i wanted to make was that um leads were kind of there for the taking yesterday mm. i thought i was surprised with how bad they were yeah um they did have um by some distance the best player on the pitch in rafinha who by the way cost 17 million pounds I mean, that's not masses, is it? No. And that's the sort of thing that does make me think that Norwich actually got themselves. I thought they dealt quite good. There'd been a lot of change at the club this year. And I initially thought, okay, you've dealt quite well with that and you've recruited quite, you know, you've, you've managed to hold it together and bring your recruitment in. But actually, now I look at it, they were kind of going to start with this small squad that they were going to need to keep fit. And actually, they brought in a lot of players. They haven't got a small squad now. They've got quite a big squad with you know, a handful of players who aren't really getting enough game time to keep them relevant. Yeah, and they may, they may be players who they're going to have to rely on, um, you know, maybe next season or whichever. So I, I, maybe, maybe it did all get a bit more muddled than we thought. And I think it's easy to be excited when signings are coming in through the door, but it's not just about that. That's the point. Maybe they brought too many players because it's another thing that I've seen batted around. They lost a lot of big identities from that dressing room. You look at Hernandez, Hugel, Steeperman, Vrancic, all people who knew how to play the Farkas system. They were people who brought the identity to the club, like Tetty as well. And obviously we know the impact Skip had last season. They brought the identity to the club. They were good at doing what Farker wanted from them. These players that he's brought in, that they've brought in, they have no identity. There's no collectiveness to them. They don't feel like a team. And I think that's the problem. That's why they all just look so lost. Maybe they brought too many players in. It was exciting at the time, but it just seems like it might have been a bit much now. I think I think on just quickly on the Leeds point as well. It's interesting that the, the, I would say Farkas previous and the deer at Carrow Road was Leeds three years ago and the start of that season where we lost three 0 I think if we'd seen something like that, where because that Leeds side that we saw them was probably better than the one that we pl- that played yesterday, arguably in terms of the performance. I think if if we'd seen that Leeds side turn up and beat us three 0 as as a decent side could have done, I think then it could have really turned and that might have changed the way the fans were. I've, you know, I was doing a space with Hodgie on Sunday night and uh, the question was, what's it going to take for the fans to turn, if not that? And I kind of didn't really think about it at the time. But I think if we're against the Southampton at home, as we will be in a couple of weeks, and we're 2-0 down at halftime and we're actually out of the game in the second half, it could start getting ugly. And I wouldn't want it to, but it, it could. And that's not unthinkable that that might happen. 
I, I feel grateful that we're heading to Brentford on Saturday rather than Brentford coming to Carrow Road, uh, I must admit. Um, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I think we've covered most bases there, haven't we? Pretty depressing. But we're all still alive, so that's uh, that's something. Uh, we have had a couple of messages in, um, which I was just going to share. Um, first of all, Will Hinsley got involved. He said, boo! Sorry, force of habit. <laughs> So there we go. Um, oh, and uh, GTO has been in touch. Love Anna, one of the best. There we go. Oh, a bit yeah. of Anna love there, which is nice. Um, probably a very big fan of your top as well, I would imagine. Anna, let's um, uh, let's have a go, Kevin. Oh, top. Yeah. You know, I was <laughs> going to say John looks very smart. John looks very smart tonight. I, I, I did. Uh, well, just tonight, then is that is that what you're saying? <laughs> God, Steve, you're the same. Most of the time, you look. You're a disgrace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, Kevin Bain says, "Farker out." I'm afraid. Let's see if we can get some. Um, uh, Stevens. Stephen Stibbons, the October goal. It's embarrassing. Yeah, the October goal. But hey, you know, I had to, I had to check that it is now three goals in the Premier League this season. Uh, and what have we equalised the own goals tally now, Steve? Is that right? We have. We're level. We're level on goals and own goals <laughs> in the last now 14 played. matches. That is, some of that. Um, and let me just see if I can. Um, Jeff Wyatt's been in touch. Some terrible recruitment, which never seems to get mentioned. Melvin City, Danel Sinane, uh, Sebastian Soto, Sam McCallum, Andre Duda, Josip Drimic, to Ooh. name but a few. Cool, you cheered us up there, Jeff. Thank you I think um, McCallum is a little bit unlucky there. I reckon if he sticks around long yes. enough, he might get a shot on left-back, to be honest. The number of left-back to abuse this season. I can't see the other two being there at the moment because they are, have been absolutely um, binned, really, haven't they? Which mm-hmm. is kind of the, the subplot to... To Sunday. Oh, um, can we just oh, yes. say, though, Andy Omabamadeli, the one the one good point I thought from yesterday. Absolutely. No? Yes, I, good. I, I, well, he was playing a, a curious a curious role, I thought, because as you kind of mentioned at the start, Steve, it was um, no, it was basically playing a 3-5-2, but it switched to a 4-4-2 in certain circumstances, which is a <laughs> bit lopsided and curious. Uh, I think it was just because they liked leaving Omobamadeli with Rafinha and seeing how he'd get on. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it was obviously designed to try and get uh, Milot Rashid to higher up the pitch and things like that, which it's quite inventive. Um, but uh, it did kind of <laughs> leave their best, their best player with the most space was probably the two things it kind of achieved. And uh, that did seem like a bit of an issue. Uh, also then going up against probably the youngest player on the pitch at the same time um, who hadn't played that position before. Mm. When you distill it all, not great. Um, he dealt with it really well, though, I thought. He did. I, yeah, he, he had did. some difficult moments, but... Um... And obviously scored October's goal of the month, as John as John has rightly pointed out. So <laughs> literally. Yeah. Um and um as much as it was nice to see Christos Jolis come on, uh it that that did worry me that he brought him on then because I don't know, it just felt like, oh well, I'm gonna stick one of the young players in now, or I'm gonna you know, bring this kid on so you can see because he I have to say Christos came on and he looked he looked absolutely consumed by the situation, which um, he did which flick is, which on is... out of play at one point. Which <laughs> he did, really... yeah, that was good yeah. clearing. That happened. Yeah. I mean, it was on the halfway line, but it was a good clearance yeah. from yeah. you know. I, th- I think it was from you know from a pass from a teammate as well. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, I mean, again, that's, that's I mean, that's fine. We, we, we're working at the bottom here now, Michael. We're working <laughs> up. Yeah, it's that we, we, he... we kick the ball forward. Okay, that's a good start, yeah, and it touched do... one of our players, we which is another that. good thing. 
quite forward and quite long i think were two of the things that happened so um okay well let, let's let's move on from that shall we and let's see if we can grab a bit of uh some of this shall we <laughs> This is where the podders each get a window to bring up an issue they're struggling to let go. I mean, presuming isn't one of the ones we've already struggled to let go. Uh, it's called Pick That One Out. Uh, if the guys lose themselves for more than 30 seconds, then the buzzer sounds. And the buzzer sounds just like this. There we go. That is the buzzer. Um, and then uh, when the buzzer sounds, it's time to let go. Um, who would like to go first? John, do you want to go first with this? Yeah, go on then. All right, then away you go. So everyone, there's one thing we can all go at Farkrat is about the players that he doesn't put on the pitch. We all talk about Sorensen's not being on, talk about Billy Gilmore not being on the pitch all the time. I mean, Farkrat and his team see these players in training every single week. And if they're not performing in training and you put them on the pitches and they fail, which they have kind of early on in the season. Oh my God, my lights have gone again, but they're right. But they're, they're, <laughs> they, uh, what was I saying? I don't know. I forgot. And uh, that's basically saying that Farker and his team know the best team that he's possibly putting out. Although they're not performing on the pitch, let's concern ourselves about the players on the pitch rather than the players who are not playing on the pitch. Well, there we go. That wasn't good very point. good because my light went halfway through. But sorry. No, as far as the, I, gave you, I gave you a few added seconds. I okay, gave sorry. you some injury time. Your light was injured, so I, I played on. My biggest um, pet hate in football. Like that, but it does the involve trust. Out. Yeah, <laughs> the lights have gone out. Uh, the uh, it does involve trust in the team selection, I suppose, doesn't it? That's it does. one thing. But you know, let's not let's not be too forlorn over that. Anna, would you like a go? Sure, why not? I mean, it's a contractual obligation for you being here, so uh, there's no actual <laughs> choice. All right, then away you go. Well, uh, just talking about man management. Farker always seems so intent on tearing the players down. He doesn't want the egos. He doesn't want to praise young players too much for fear it will go to their head. He doesn't he want to keep players' feet on the ground and want them thinking that they're bigger than they are. When he, all he's interested in is tearing them down. He should be building them up, making them believe that they can take on anybody that's in front of them. When even before a match, you will say, oh, well, playing Chelsea, that's going to be a difficult one. That's going to be against the European champions. If he's telling us that, surely that can't be any different... Beautifully put. <laughs> it's yeah, it's funny how we're we're picking holes in him in his in his sort of management of players, which is something he's all it's always kind of come together, hasn't it? And it's um but yeah, there we go. Uh oh, it's been a it's been a tiring pod today. We're only halfway through. Um would you like yeah, to go? I've still got to do a moan as well. Yeah. Uh, do yeah. I need to do my own lighting? Is that part of this now? Are we turning it into a full sensory performance? <laughs> Only if you want some man. Okay, <laughs> no, well, time. I, I don't think I can talk and do that at the same time, so no. Um, <laughs> Go then. Um, I don't know how popular this one will be, but um, I think that there's been a lot of speculation recently about Todd Cantwell. And quite honestly, I think in the year 2021, knowing what we know about professional sports people, um, that I just don't think it's right. I think if the guy's got personal problems and issues in his own life, we need to let him deal with that. I don't think it's right to say, why is he playing for the under 23s? You know, is he injured? Is he fallen out with Farker? I think we just need to let the guy, you know, sort out whatever it is he needs to sort out. And when he's ready to come back, he'll come back. And that's it. I could have let you carry on there. Um, Lovely, lovely stuff, Steve. Thank you very much. I did have Todd Campwell on my, on my list as well. So grab that one out. <laughs> Nicely put. Um, 
uh well i think we're all done there all i was going to add um obviously i I went on a bit about billy gilmore last week so i don't really want to go over the same ground but uh noticeable that uh his his mother wasn't um best pleased i think um watching the game and not seeing billy in action um and obviously tom tuchel has now spoken about whether january might be a possible recall so um, can i just mention something quickly about todd Cantwell? Yes, sure, Anna, go. What did you not hear what Steve just said, Anna? Literally, (laughs) he just said it. (laughs) For me personally, it's the inconsistencies and what we're being told about him that is creating the speculation. It always seems to be a different reason every single match. And I just think if there was a consistent reason behind why he's not there, it might put to rest any speculation. There we go. Well said. Um, And it's a fair point. Yeah, it's only a communication issue. Um, uh, yeah, Billy Gilmore, that 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 communication isn't going particularly well at the moment either. So I think it's either going to be play him or he's off. Um, so that's that. Uh, and uh, the really, the really, the one I forgot to mention last week um, was that walking down Stamford Bridge. There are all these lovely banners of of Chelsea players and and real ownership around the area of Chelsea, the football club. And I always think, why don't Norwich do that? We have the whole city to ourselves in terms of the football club let's have some banners let's have this let's decorate the city in it being not the norrid the, the football club city um but maybe that's not one for now maybe that was one for either 10 months ago or in 10 months what time. would you do um, michael what would you put up and where well i put up some player some pictures of the players and portraits of the players along you seen the, the, gentleman the, walk gentleman's uh, walk maybe you seen the far riverside yeah, there is a mural on a pub. Yeah, there is a mural on the Fat Cat Canary. That's true. That is the sole piece across a whole city where the football club, some would argue, is the only thing going on. I would obviously never say that, but um, you've said that before. Which does which does make it slightly problematic when the football club are um, struggling. I think we can safely say. But there we go. Uh, well, that is it for um, for pick that one out. I think we definitely did indeed pick that one out. So uh, therefore, I want to play us our halftime sting because it's been a while. So enjoy this. The question from here on in is, will we now be worse than we were in the first half? Uh, let's hope not. We don't want to channel too much of what we've uh, what we've had to watch um, of recent times. Uh, okay, so this is going to be centrefold. Um, where basically we're going to talk about the accounts, but I don't really want to do this for very long, to be honest, because, um, you know, it's been and gone. And numbers. It's, it's numbers. <laughs> It's numbers. Um, I've already seen people saying, oh, so they made 15 million quid. You know, maybe they should have spent more of that. Uh, completely missing the point that that was before they had that spent it all, basically, and then some. Um, and I suppose me reporting on the, you can see, read a piece on, on the accounts on The Athletic. The thing that struck me is that Norwich have spent a lot of money um, that they had. They've spent, you know, this year and next year's parachute payment minimum basically essentially they are going to have to sell if they get relegated their turnover to wages ratio wages to turnover ratio all be admittedly off the back of having no ticketing revenue and no catering and and, um uh, which one was it catering revenue yes um was 116 percent which seems ludicrously high um 
and you do kind of wonder where <laughs> what sort of state Norwich are you know they have got they have gone the irony is having had to sit there defending themselves saying no we did really go for it is that in nine months time I might be writing pieces saying wish they hadn't gone for it so much so um yeah uh, that that's probably all I wanted to say on the accounts but I mean it, I don't know John did anything strike you about all the numbers don't come to me about numbers, <laughs> Michael, please. Okay, let's go to Steve because he's got numbers. Yeah, he's the man. Say, yeah, no, he is the man. Okay, Steve, numbers? Numbers, uh, 116%. That sounds a bit high, doesn't it? Um, that I, I don't. total. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. I guess I guess talking about, you know, the, the conversation that we had before about buying players for their resale value rather than where they're at right now, that kind of follows that they would keep doing that. And I guess it comes back to the whole we don't have enough money to compete at the top level. So we have to find ways to do that. Um, and look, I think we can label a lot at the way the club's been run. And I know people are annoyed about it, but one thing that it feels like we never will do is get in the position that we were in when we came under Alec, um, up under Alec Neil and David McNally, and there was no money left uh, by the time we went down. So I think the club is in safe hands. They, they're not going to overspend and I think they will find a way out of it so that we'll still be very competitive next year. Um, that's all I have to say. I don't have oh. any numbers to hand on that though. There you go. 42 minutes into this live broadcast um, and we've had the, probably the first positive statement. So well done, Steve. Thank goodness for that. It's all about light and shade. Yeah, that's definitely worth a clap. Well done, John. Thank you. Um, Anna, are you, a big, are you a big financial numbers fan? <laughs> it goes over my head completely. Fantastic. <laughs> We've reached um, the point in the podcast now where we're asking, do you like do you like financial numbers? Anyone like, know? Financial numbers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, let's let's move on to something we can really, really look forward to, which is of course the next game. This is almost fantasy football. Oh yes, remember those days when Norwich were miles ahead of Brentford. Um it, 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 it did strike me the moment they went up in the playoffs that that would be a very interesting for, uh, barometer for Norwich this season. Mm. The, the interesting thing is, John, Brentford yes. probably slowed down a little bit. They lost at home to Leicester. They got smashed in the first half of Burnley. Um, I mean, you know, they, they got a bit deserved their praise for how well they sort of took on the, the season from the start. Um, but it is still a long season and they've got a long way to go. So uh, there is a there is a curious dynamic there. I think I saw that the Brentford about 1.6 in decimal odds to win the game and Norwich are about six, which is ludicrous, to be honest, that we are at that point. But um, maybe that's the table speaking for itself. <laughs> well, can, can you, they, can, there's a kind of a little bit of a feel of, can you remember when we went up and there was that Newcastle game and we was that we got a draw of the Man City game and they were, we were kind of getting momentum and people were going, oh, maybe this is a different type of Norwich. And when it, we got a few injuries and we didn't have a centre-back for about two months, I think it was, it, it all crumbled very, very quickly. Now, I'm not saying I want anyone to get injured from, from Brentford, but I am saying I want lots of Matt Pant players from Brentford to get injured, and then we can see exactly where they, they, they will struggle, just because they won't have that natural, that strong 11 that they've done so well with. They've done a brilliant job so far. And we'd give anything for that, to have that passion and that kind of drive they've got up, especially in the final third that they have. And if they do get injuries or they do kind of get a few, you know, if they go to Chelsea like we did and get hammered five, then they go Man City and get hammered six like we did. 
who knows? Who knows what happens? They might kind of start to falter. So I do. Also, I think if if, if we lose this one against Farke, uh, sorry, if we lose this one against Brentford, I think Farke will go. This is. I think this is his last chance. Well, it is the, it is the November international break. And to be brutally honest, if you were going to change your head coach, uh, then to do it exactly. during a two-week period when all your players are away would probably be quite a good idea. Um, my personal opinion is if they aren't actually working out what to do, should they need to do it, then that is a dereliction of duty. Like Norwich seriously need to be working out that if the time comes, they need to have someone in place. And a bit like Spurs, dare I say it, if you're going to get rid of someone, make sure you know who you're going to get in and bring them in. Although I don't think they've actually confirmed um, Conte Mm. just yet. Um, uh, The thing, Anna, with Brentford for me, um, and everyone, long-term listeners of the podcast will know how much I, I love Thomas Franca. Um, Franca, have I just added an extra? Va- va- you just merged him with Daniel Farca. That's what in, in the same way that created a monster between a, a Franca Farca. Franca, yeah, Thomas Franca. Uh, uh, that's because I'm thinking of Marcel. God oh. bless his soul. There's another cracking piece of recruitment. Um, yeah, let's not dwell on that, shall we? Um, so the, the thing that gets me about Brentford, Anna, is that they get people in the box. They cross the ball. They're good at set pieces. They've got a long throw. They can play on the counter. They can play quick through the lines. Uh, They can go quite direct if they want to, or they can be quite patient. They have lots of different ways of doing different things. And even though they maybe tripped up a lot in the championship, even to the point where they had to get the uh, playoff final victory to actually get promoted, um, at this level, they, they seem to have a bit more... Um, variety to them they carry more threats whereas I still can't really figure out how Norwich are trying to score a goal which is probably why they haven't scored many well I think we've got to drop the trying to be inventive the trying the different formations I think it's time now to just go back to basics try what we were doing well and just it's a very cliche term but just go for it because what do we have to lose at the moment I think that Brentford, they need a bit of, um, we need a bit of fight against Brentford. They're a team that we went up with. It's certainly a a match that Farker wouldn't have written off because we all know, for some reason, he wrote wrote off the uh, the games against the top teams, even though he shouldn't write off any match. And I just think that stop being inventive, stop trying to do new things when... At the moment, we can't even do the basics well. Go back to basics, have a little belief in yourself and go for it. We're in a curious position here, aren't we, Steve? Because the, the, the basics, as Anna said, I think most would agree would be going back to four two three one. get your number 10 in, build the play up, um, possession football and try and get in behind and play them. Um, I, can, can, would the, does this, is the squad able to do that? I mean, we haven't seen them in that shape. And I'm just conscious of the key play. You know, two of the best. I think we we don't want to talk about it, but two of the best players from last season's championship team no longer exist in this squad. Mm. I mean, that is a reality of the situation. It's weird, isn't it? And I think to play four two three one now, you'd have to probably at the moment pick Dowell in the ten, which quite obviously after yesterday, <laughs> I'm not sure how well that would work. Get him, where get him on free on kicks. Get him on get free him kicks. On, I mean, God. where was he hitting half of those free kicks? Where was he? Did he As know well. someone in the crowd who's trying to give him the ball? <laughs> yeah, because honestly, some bad ones, aren't they? Anyway. But yeah, just from going from like Steeperman and Rancic and uh, it seemed like we had them to spare last season. So I don't know where they've all gone. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it feels like a good time to play 
Brentford off the back of three losses, but I have a feeling that Chelsea are the only team we've played this season who actually come off the back of a win. So I guess it won't be 7-0. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the other thing, I mean, the other thing is like, uh, so they're missing their goalkeeper now for a few months, aren't they, Raya, which I think is going to be a bit of a blow for them. Um, so there's something that we could, you know, stick some balls under the keeper's nose. Shoot! That's something we'd ever do. Yeah, Shoot! just, just hit, it, hit it from distance. I mean, who knows? He might do a Sanchez and leave an open goal and we still wouldn't be able to put it in the net. But I, I mean, <laughs> but look at, you know, I, I kind of think like the Leeds game, no Bamford, Rafinha just back, didn't make any difference. Chelsea were missing their best two centre forwards, didn't make any difference. Uh, Cornet didn't play for Burnley and, you know, that we've got a point fine. So, you know, we've, we've been playing teams without the best players. Um, so, I mean, I hate to sound downbeat, but but <laughs> give me give me some hope for this one. I, I don't see it. I think at the very best we might we might spawn a goal from somewhere. But like, I can't I can't honestly say, having watched us yesterday, that we're going to put Brentford under any sort of pressure because we didn't have a game plan yesterday. And what I, you know, unless Farker changed it markedly, and yeah, maybe go back to four two three on. We've played three different formations as far as I can make out of the season. We haven't played that yet, so who knows that might work. Literally, Steve has just said, we've not played that formation. Let's try that one. Um, Sumo <laughs> didn't play um, when we played yeah, Brighton so either, another good one, which yeah. is uh, yeah. another one. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just uh, 28 games to go. I mean, that is an exciting prospect, isn't it? Um, John, what's, what's going to be your what's going to be your most intriguing point about Saturday coming up? What's the thing you really can't wait to see pan out? We haven't scored an away goal yet, have we? No, have we? No, no. So that's something to look forward to, isn't it? We can yes. get an away goal. Who's going to start? Have we had an away corner yet? Uh, yeah, Must but we didn't against one. Chelsea. No, no. But I've, I've, I mean, who knows? I mean, this is the, the same place that we're, we're kind of repeating back on ourselves a little bit, just like the whole team is. We just, what do we do? Everyone's saying change the formation. Everyone's saying bring that person in. Everyone's got an opinion about what to do. And I mean, the only person that matters is what Daniel Farker does. And he's not getting it right. So, I mean, it's, it's gonna it's gonna go right once because it's just kind of the law of averages. Surely, let's say I'm getting numbers in again, Steve. Surely, by the law of averages, <laughs> there should be one moment that Brentford won't play well and we play very well and manage to get a corner. Surely that will happen. But then, I mean, it's just. Can I- it's, well, I'm not looking forward to it. That's 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 a big problem. Again, I'm about yeah. to throw myself off the cliff here, but I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. And that's not a good place to be. You should be the opposite. You should not right. Let's have these people in red and white because we because well, this is the time to go for it. And it's it's like we're thinking about how can we not get embarrassed again. That's mm. not right, is it? Uh, just I mean, just on some level of hope here. The next four games, right? The next four games, I think, are Brentford. Southampton, Wolves and Newcastle. Now, in our current predicament, I don't predict we'll win any of those, but let's say we get let's say we win three out of those four, kind of back in it, sort of a little bit, maybe. <laughs> so maybe. It's true. Um so, Wolves currently 2-0 up at home to Everton, by the way, and one of the informed teams in the division at the moment. Um Marvellous. But I I I do get very bored of hearing people. And not you, Steve. I'd never get bored of you. Saying you're boring. No, no. But it, the, the general like must win thing, and and I I, I mm. say it myself. I'm I'm bored of myself saying it. That well, actually, you know, this is this is a must win. Game. But then, but then, does that not come from the manager? As as Anna said before, ruling out certain games and saying well, we've got no chance in these ones. So, well, but, this but is... then you're narrowing down the number of pool of games that you can win. 
I think so. I was an exponent of this to a degree during the summer because for me, what Norwich failed to grasp two years ago was that you can beat Manchester City all you want, but if you can't get the results against the teams around you, you have to, you you have to do that because that will always carry slightly more weight. So maybe for me, it wasn't the it wasn't the ruling out of getting a point at Manchester City. It was the making sure you don't do anything stupid in the games where you really do need a result, which again, for me, comes back to how livid I was at the second half against Watford because to treat that game so carelessly and recklessly was just stupid, I thought, I have to say. And I think everything revolves around that. If, if Norwich at least get a draw, then we don't fall off a cliff, I think, in terms of belief. But um, that's what... That's how I see that anyway. So, uh, yeah, um, we all predicted a win last week, I think. We tried to. I can't remember. That doesn't sound like the kind of thing I would have said, I've got to be honest. <laughs> I'm just trying to cling on to, you know, we've, we've given it our bit. Um, we, does anyone want to do a prediction? I'll it predict- doesn't have to be the result. I'll, Go on, I'll predict a win because that's yeah. how I like to do it. Because I... Yes. As much as I get stressed out by Norwich, I can't physically ever bring myself to say, oh, we're going to lose that match. I always think there's hope until it's mathematical. Do you want to be manager? <laughs> Do you want to be head coach? Oh, I, I'm getting going more than he is at the moment. Yeah, that's the spirit. Would you have time to do programme selling before the game as well? Do you think you could combine yeah, the two? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I do. When I'm programme selling, I'm always telling people, today's the day, we're going to win. It's like your law of averages. Like, I say that up before every match, so eventually I'm going to be right. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. There we go. Okay, well, um, Anna's predicted a win. John, you predicted you are going to follow it? I, oh yeah, I'll definitely. I'll be watching it. Um, but I'm going to go for a. There's going to be a, a last minute winner. Great. Ooh, That's my prediction. Was it, uh, That'll be exciting. exactly. Oh, so we have attention for everyone. So I'll make everyone in, in a, tune in and watch it. Um, <laughs> yeah, think, I, I don't think we've had a late crushing defeat yet, have we? It's yeah, that's something to look forward to, then, isn't it? Yeah, that'll be something different, Steve. Yeah. What was my prediction? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll lose, Michael. That's my prediction. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't offer you any more than that. I think um, I think we're suffering from the fact that the game was only 24 hours ago. I think I think Sunday games yeah. don't suit us. Maybe hey, maybe not in this run. When when Saturday morning comes around, I'll feel very differently about it, I'm sure. Good. I'm glad you will. Um, it is the international break after this, where Norwich's international players will go and play some international football. Uh, and the ones who won't will probably get a few days off. So there you go. That's something to look forward to. That's into how the international break will wait, uh, will work. And we'll see how it pans out. Uh, did we get any more comments and questions of no? Let me see if I can have a quick look. Maybe let's pick the latest couple that we... Um... Any more praise for me? Uh, oh, hang on. <laughs> Jeez, look at that. There you go. Second second pod in. Um, Adam says 2-0... Brentford. Oh well, that's 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 you know not so bad, I suppose. Um, <laughs> as, a, as a prediction, um, uh, lots of people talking to each other, which is great. Although it doesn't work particularly well for. I think my phone's about to ring as well, um, which is very exciting. That was my ears. That's good. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, there we go. Yeah, I think I, I, I think um, both. There's there's a lot of messages. Can I sorry, I just said that what they want Hugill back. Yeah. And, I think you're all bonkers, whoever is going to say that. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that. They're not both, really loving both, um, in West Brom, are they? 
Both Sargent and Ida have been accused of having 50p feet as well, <laughs> um, which if you put together, at least you've, you've got a pound. So that's, that's not too <laughs> good bad. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I, I love How Jordan. How much is the program now, Sa- Sa- Anna? £3.50. Is it? So you, you can't even buy... P feet. Exactly. We need Grant, more players. You can buy together. golden gold. Like golden golds are a pound. Oh, there you go. Yes. Ever the sales. And scratch them all and you'll lose everything. There's no point doing that either. What's the point <laughs> of doing anything anymore? Um, here we go. Uh, Jay- Jason Hayden says, best thing on Sunday was rain stopped and the sun came oh, out. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. uh, there we go. Oh, someone- and Sam, I don't know what the first part of it was, but Sam W says, and Lafferty. So uh, I'd love to know what the start of that sentence was. I I don't think we'd be able to guess it. Uh, On that note, and a bit of a smile, I think we can say that that is time for the 85th edition of On the Ball, probably the cheeriest version of the Norwich City podcast that is already looking forward to the bee sting puns. Uh, If you're yet to do so, make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual player. And we are now streaming the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels. As many of you will already know, just search Michael Bailey, The Athletic Norwich City and your preferred social platform and hopefully it'll show up. Uh, Ratings and reviews wherever prompted are always hugely appreciated and if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, send me a direct message on Twitter, the handle at Michael J. Bailey. Uh, A big thank you to our guests this evening. Steve, thank you so much as always for uh, sitting it out. Thank you, Michael. John, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Can we say sorry to everyone listening to this? Just have how low they must be feeling now. Yeah, just put I some happy music much. on. Yeah, <laughs> consider this the end of the weekend. It's all written off now. No one needs to think about anything to do with football until um, two o'clock on Saturday. Really, unless you want to read any pieces on the athletic. Obviously, uh, thank you as always, John uh, Anna. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been fun. Good, good. We'll have you back again, please. Is that okay? Of course lovely i love it um we will be back in a fortnight with loads more canaries capers uh, literally canaries capers in another on the ball norwich city podcast uh, until then i uh, make sure you have a very good evening and never mind the danger There we go. We are clear. Steve, John, Anna, all of you Twitterkers out there, welcome. If any of you have stumbled across this for the first time and are wondering what on earth is going on, why the podcast hasn't actually ended, uh, you can listen to On The Ball podcast number 42, which went live on September the 8th, 2020. Cool, those were good days now, weren't they? Uh, it's all explained there. Uh, you can email this bonus part of the podcast directly, Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com, or use the hashtag Twitterkers on Twitter. Just don't explain what it refers to, because this is the, the, because this is a secret club for only those who discover it. Um, so welcome to uh, Wits End, which uh, did cause a slight um, consternation when a tweet went out that literally... Uh, <laughs> only said um todd cancerwell hashtag oh, uh, no, I just... <laughs> uh, uh, which i think caused a few people probably um a few uh disconcerting looks um which yeah it was probably a 
slight drawback with the anonymity of the of the, the nature of the, of the feature michael yes right, yes the... because the nature of the feature is of course zodiac whitbread which is basically norwich city and star sign puns but um without that context that probably looked like a pretty horrendous tweet so um yeah mm. uh, apologies for for that um uh, let, uh, that's, yeah i don't really know what else to say apart from sorry and just forget it happened and hope uh, hopefully we just move on um twitterkers.co.uk my mouth has stopped working uh, is the website Uh, not really no No, it's all falling down around me I also had a message someone saying that I keep slandering uh, Josh Sargent which um, I feel is Mm. is harsh but I I can't see I can't see the message um, (laughs) uh, well you can say that apparently I can't but um, but there we go so um, slandering him in what way are you kind of bringing him into disrepute somehow I can't saying his hair's fake I thought you were saying he's not he's not a real ginger I don't I I, he's perms that's what you're saying I I do really find it horrible (laughs) if I end up being harsh on one person overly um, I don't like that because like John no one yeah (laughs) Yeah. no one is trying no one is trying to fail no one is you know um wouldn't it be a really good like interesting experiment if one of the players was trying to fail like in the long run they kind of release themselves at the end of their football and chris they actually i tried to fail and bring all these clubs down yeah do you think has that ever been done before if someone deliberately kicked the ball in their own goal do you think as in and kept doing it do you think they their contract would get torn up is there is there you know recourse to do that then no, my granddad seems to think that they genuinely were trying to fail. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite a granddad view sometimes, isn't it? So absolutely, um, it, it does happen. Uh, I, I probably should. My granddad. Uh, well, yeah, I'll, find, there you I'll, go. Find, I'll finally be accepted. <laughs> You'll be able to hey, that, with that jumper. You, you get it. <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? Oh, uh, that's a bit noisy. Um, well, I can't find the message, but uh, apologies if you think I'm slandering uh, Josh. So we didn't talk about it. So uh, when when we lose 6-0 against Brentford and it's by half time and everyone's gone mad and Farkas goes, oh, I'm going to resign. I'm so sorry. I'm going to resign. Who who do you want to come in? We haven't talked about it. I, I don't know football well enough. And I don't want everyone to go, oh, get Mark Robbins in. He's had like a 10 good day get games. That's it. He's been like a kind of a journeyman manager for a while. The bloody light's gone out again. What is with and the lights, by the way? So Sorry, what I'm, what I'm using, I'm using, my, I'm using my monitor as a light. If I use the backlight, you can't see me. Because the light's from behind. You can't see me anymore. So no point doing it. So I'm using a light as a, like a normal, my normal monitor. So that's why I have to keep moving the mouse to trigger it because the screensaver's uh, going on. I could turn the screensaver off. This is so boring. Who? Who? As I've said, I, I, I'm probably different to Steve because I worry that the squad isn't good enough anyway. So um, I'm, so I'm not matter. sure. I'm not sure it matters. Uh, uh, can, at, I, at can, I bring up, can I bring up my granddad again? Because he, he genuinely suggested Sam Allardyce. Yeah, yeah, he is out of work. He's out I of think work. we should play the game. Who would the? I I just think they give it to Neil to the end of the season. Just give it to Neil Adams. You know he can he can do Weber's job. Uh, he could do Farker's job. <laughs> just get him to take over from everyone, and he can he can do the hundred the job of all hundred people that Weber mentioned. It's gonna be it's gonna be a very expensive payoff as well, isn't it? Because he just yes. only signed a con four years about what yes. two three months ago. Unless there's something on the contract. Who knows about contracts? They're boring as well. Talking about that. But no. <laughs> Maybe we should get Ian Culverhouse. He knows how to keep Norwich up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could get Ian in. Um, Hutton's out of work. 
Students at <laughs> Actually, work. Actually, Neil and Lambert are all yeah. out of work. <laughs> Where would you get them all together? Because between the three of them, you'd have yeah. a really tight, exciting, energetic, free-flowing football team. Get the gang back together. Yeah, I I'm love sure they it. could work together as a team. They'll, have be, they'll all have been out long enough out of work that they'll be like, oh, you want me to share the job? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. So uh, I think they'd be a great trio. Imagine it. They could Traveling take it in terms of pressers. Norwich City managers. You know. I mean, maybe they should just come in and join Daniel. And then you've got like a four-person, because then Daniel already knows what the team can yeah. do. So then you've got, you know, a four-person managerial team. They could start like. a band. Fark yeah. is your front man, <laughs> Neil on the drums, Lambert on bass, and uh, Chris Hewton on lead guitar. Easy. Well, they, they could do that after they've coached the team to all the wins. Oh, yeah, obviously. better do that I mean, first. Yeah. They could do both. I think there'd be room for the... You know, for them to do both. I actually think that's a great idea. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, John. <laughs> it does. It's, it's um, what I was looking for. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Who who would you like? Who would you like, Steve? I I gen. Uh, do you know what I want? I want someone I've never heard of, like Farker. Just just get him. Someone I've not heard of, please. But then, that's, but then, that's my only. Even that is that even possible at the moment? Does Brexit okay. even allow you just to pluck someone out who hasn't got hasn't got the experience? I'm not. I'm not sure. But. Anyway, um, let's let's forget about football and move on to exciting matters. Uh, now, s- sad news, Steve. Norwich didn't win at the weekend, which means oh. the space puns. Um, Doesn't mean that I can't do one right now, though. Well, it does. Dave, if David Mo- David Mooneyverse. So just um, wow! Oh my goodness! Hey, David I'm setting the Moon-y-verse. setting the bar low. Oh, just go just David Moon E. Oh yeah. <laughs> <I didn't even laughs> Uh, see, no. they are out there, people. The puns they are out long. there. That's not a threat. In fact, with all the players we've ever had just have an E at the end of it, <laughs> even though it's got the word moon in, right in the middle of it. That was good. Um, excellent, Steve. Good work. Well, we're not... It's, we, I've had a couple of them in, Steve, but we're not going to talk <laughs> about them until Norwich win a Premier League game. <sighs> so when when, it, when Norwich win a Premier League it's game... Like my beard. I'm not shaving it until, yeah. until we win. Yeah, look like I can't wait. Christmas by the time. Can't wait to see what you're going to look like. Um, it does, though, give us more time to talk about the Zodiac Whip Bread, of course. Thank you, Alex Ware, for that. Uh, I won't go through the whole list again this oh, week. <laughs> Maybe in a few weeks' time I will. I think, Anna, you've got some, haven't you? Well, I wanted to hear the list just in case I've accidentally picked up on one that is already done. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. All right, here's, here's the list. Gemini Goss. Where's Leo? Where's Leo Julio Han? Leon McKenzie, Bill Leo Gilmore, D Leo Smith, Leonel Hernandez, also um, <laughs> Max Aries, Terry's Allcock, Tor Russell Martin, <laughs> Virgo and Marich, Leroy Fergo, Fergo Nell Hernandez, okay. Alan Fergal, <laughs> Josh Sargentarius, Sagittarian That's Bennett. Sagittarian Culverhouse, Ozan Cabaquarius, Scorpio Nel Hernandez, Capricornel <laughs> Hernandez, Lee Brown B. That is, by the way, still the worst, uh, Steve. Uh, and Mark Libra. Anna, okay, what have I've you got? got? I've got two. <laughs> I've got two. She, Anna came with 10, but there are two that we haven't read out. Go she on, Anna. Mark Libra. I'll, I'll, I'll save the best I'll last. I'll go Pierre, Les, Leo. <laughs> Pierre, Les, Leo. Okay. Leo, Leo, yeah, Leo. I like that. Les, Leo. That's good. That's good. That's good. I've, I've, got, I've got a good one to the second one's the best one, though. Okay. Don't forget up. 
Jakob Torrenson. Jakob Torrenson. Yeah. I think I like the first one to be. And I thank you. Yeah, your top work. I'm going to leave now. Hey, you brought more to the table than John, who's just sneered at that list of Have you got one, John? I haven't. I was I was thinking of one and I couldn't. I was the only thing I got was chicken balti Pisces, but uh, that's no good, is it? It's not. He's not a player. I, I, I don't See, remember so we, him up you, front. Yeah, look, look at look at Mike, Michael Vader's there sneering away because he gets free food off in his little cozy, warm, journalistic. So, so that was a reference to the halftime pie. Is that what it was? Yeah, uh, chicken balti Pisces. Yeah, we we could extend it to just anything like. Well, that's, that's what I'm, I've been brought in for, just to kind of just to open this up to all football in general, rather than just yeah, free spirit only. Free spirit. We, we might need to if Norwich haven't won a game. Um, you know, by the time we get to May, we still can't tap into the space. Why not put it back on again? So um, there we go. Uh, oh my, my screen is frozen. Oh no, there we go. Um, so we had submitted in. Um, shall I read out all of these? Yes. Well, Amarillo Army came in with Todd Cancerwell, obviously, as we heard at the top. Again. Um, yep, so, uh, I, but it does it does provide an issue in that you know we haven't got any for cancer yet, uh, and that might be a tricky one to address. So we'll have to see what we do about that one. Uh, moving on, um, Rob Scagnelli, hope I've said that right, says uh, Demetrius Geminiulis. Gemini, Gemini, yeah, not awful, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not awful. Uh, David Hughes says Mark Leoclitos. Which is Leoclitos, yeah. Okay. Uh, if it's Michael, right. isn't it? I don't know why I've written uh, Michael. Right. Michael Leoclitos. Forget I said that for some. Michael Leoclitos. That's a good one. Um, Nick Dye has uh, Pisces Malou. Pisces P- Pierre Lays Malou. Pisces Malou. Oh, mine was better than that. <laughs> yeah, I think yours was better than that, to be, to be honest. Uh, um, but it's much better than this one from Shane McGeary. Sorry, Shane. Um, he he did write it in a tweet, which maybe um, is something that needs to be read out because it was um, quite a remarkable description of how we wanted it to um, be portrayed, if I can get there really quickly. Um, he says, uh, another terrible star sign pun. I mean, they're not all terrible. I'd just like to clarify that, Shane says. Uh, you could turn Paul Pesky Salido into Paul Pisces Salido. Or go one step further and pull Pisces Scorpio. <laughs> I think you, if you just said pull Pisces Scorpio, <laughs> what you've lost, you've lost um, me there. Pull so, you know, Pisces Scorpio. Oh yeah, yeah. Shane, I think you've struck the equivalent of uh, of Norwich's performance on Saturday in a in a pun, really. Uh, so well done. Um, I think they're all the ones we had sent in. As I said, I've got some space ones here, but I can't read them out. They're just going to have to be locked away until Norwich beat Brentford uh, on Saturday, which is fine. We'll all take that. Um, Now, uh, we're we're still looking for your missed Norwich City games or missed Norwich City goal stories, if any come to mind um, that you'd like to share. I hate to keep bringing them them up, but can I bring my granddad up again? Yes, please. (laughs) Love you, Grant. What's What's his name, Anna? Keith. Keith, Keith say? Keith King. Keith King. Oh. Keith King. Hey, King Keith. of all Keiths. Go for it, Anna. Um, the season where we went up the first time round, he missed the Nottingham Forest goal. Oh. He, oh. He, he left. The 3-3. He, 
Yeah, the 3-3, missed it. He was like, because he thought the ref was looking at his watch and he was like, right, good try, see you later. Oh, he got down the bottom Keith. of the chair and the <laughs> Keith. Uh, well, he didn't wait for to hear the whistle. He just, he just saw. He, just, he he didn't get... Good try. See you later. Got down the oh. bottom of the stairs and they scored. Wow, you got a feel for Keith there. Got a feel for Keith there. Can you send um, out every every like ninety minutes just to get him on his way? <laughs> yeah. Refs looking at his watch again. Better start heading yeah. down those stairs. Keith, have you get? Um, I've got one more here is uh, is Nick Dye sent me a message I did say I was going to read it out last week so here we go uh, Nick Dye says as a seven year old I attended a Norwich City Christmas party hosted in the Barclay stand uh, inside uh, I got to meet and receive autographs from Jeremy Goss and Mike Walker to this day these are the only autographs I ever collected outside of a signed 1993-94 season team photo signed by all players and staff which was purchased by my dad during a Brian Gunn leukemia appeal auction. However, I clearly cared. I ripped up Mike Walker's uh, autograph after his move to Everton <gasps> but never dismissed Jeremy Goss's. My signature, which I practiced a lot when younger, is inspired by the glorious J and G in the autograph, and it's never changed. The Y in my last name is a replica of his G. Just saying. Uh, That's Nick, nice, isn't lo- it? lovely. Nice story. I mean, I- it does seem quite dubious that your signature would be something that says Jeremy Goss, <laughs> but um, you know, it's all it's all it's all good. Um, I'd like I don't I haven't seen Gossie's signature that I can remember, so um, I'm sure it's suitably flamboyant. Um, right, well, unless anyone else has got uh, Kenny other business, I have a bit of Kenny other business. Are we allowed to? I don't know if we're allowed to plug other podcasts, but yeah. Uh, Dan Brigham of this parish was on the Totally Football Show last Thursday talking about how disastrous we are um, ahead of the Leeds game. So there's a little bit of foresight there. Um, so, yeah, I think he's about maybe three quarters of an hour in if you just want to listen to Dan's bit. But thought I'd give him a plug. They're on The Athletic as well, aren't they? And so are you, Michael. So yeah, yes, practically indeed. the same thing. right? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's my... Oh, and also John actually in, the, in that light looks a bit like a, a reverend. Do you know what I mean? He's got a slot. Do I? Yeah. yeah, you do. You look like you've yeah, got a collar. That's true. Yeah, sorry again for people listening who can't see, but um, we, 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 yeah, we do, we do need prayers at this point. Yeah. Both, both this podcast and Norwich. I've just looked at Jeremy Goss's signature. Oh yeah, it's quite bubbly. I would say. Yeah, the J yeah. and the G are quite bubbly. That bubbly um, thing. I, I admire his personality. I think maybe no, <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I admire Nick, you know, being influenced by a Norwich City autograph. That's really nice. I like that. Well, There's I mean, many people. Sorry, can I just mention, I've seen some of the recent signatures from recent teams. I don't get it. Some of them are literally squiggles. It, literally a squiggle. You wouldn't, couldn't decipher who it was in a million years. How did they get away with doing that? They're probably out of practice because now people just ask for photos. Um, mm. and, and, but I, it would be good to know if any of you guys out there have got any, you know, strange or, um, you know, unique Norwich City influences on your on your day to day life, like a, uh, on your signatures. Nice. Like quite a that. big one, isn't it? Yeah. Or, yeah. I really like that. If anyone could think of any, let us know. Twitterkers at iCloud.com. Darren Edian influenced my um, uh, bracelet. Does that work? Because Darren yeah. used to have a little little bracelet, didn't he? Little just dangled on around his thing when he used to play. I used to, and I got one especially. I told oh. him that once, and he looked at me like I was a psycho, which <laughs> I am. But, <laughs> but. did you come across? I know. Uh, well, I used to play Sunday league football uh, really badly, um, 
for Trunch Social. And uh, Craig Bellamy scored the winning goal at Portman Road for Norwich. It was the first time I'd ever seen Norwich win at Portman Road. Uh, and when he celebrated, he took his shirt off and revealed a pretty bog-standard white vest, which you'd never see a professional footballer nowadays wear. <laughs> uh, so obviously the club shop, not missing a trick, decided to sell a load of white vests with simply the vest written on the front and Bellamy number eight on the back. Well, I proceeded to wear that vest every time I played football on a Sunday. I can tell you that much. Didn't make it any. I don't remember yeah, once being able to celebrate with it, but um, still got the vest somewhere. Maybe I should wear it for a podcast. Maybe, maybe, maybe next time Norwich win, let's 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 bring everything out next time. <laughs> yeah, right. next time when Norwich win a Premier League game, I will do the podcast. Whipping his vest out in my vest. Well, I might wear it over a jumper. I don't think anyone wants to literally <laughs> see me just in a vest. But okay, well, I'll try and remember that. There we go. I'll bring them in. Michael. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lowest if your figures done. If your dog collar doesn't, John, then Michael's vest <laughs> definitely will. <laughs> Uh, and I think on that note, doesn't that's what we're going for now. <laughs> on that really note, scrape the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I think we should just round it up and put it out of its misery. This is like Norwich's performance on Sunday had the referee not blown his whistle, isn't it? This is literally yeah, what, what this the last twenty minutes into. totally pointless. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's but pretty much being right, forty-five yeah. minutes. Um, okay, well, um, in that case, uh, Steve, John, Anna, thank you so much for your company this evening. It has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, and if you could say goodbye on three altogether. That would be wonderful. Uh, one, two, three. Bye. 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 Well done, everyone. Uh, there we go. I've uh, removed them and I have muted them. And all that's left really is for me to say thanks for listening to the podcast and we'll uh, see you next week. Until then, that's a rope. <laughs>